0: Hello folks, this is Renaissance Marie, one of the co-hosts of The Lavender Menace. I am sad to announce that this is another late episode. Hopefully this will not be a habit. Um, first, We, Sunny and I recorded on time on Friday, and you'll kind of hear what happened to that episode that was sadly lost to time. Um, Basically, just technical issues, and that episode ended up getting deleted with no backup or anything. Very, very sad. Then Sunny and I recorded a new episode with all new topics on Saturday that you are about to hear that discussion. And when Sunny was editing, it was believed that uh, the project that she was working on was deleted and all the work that she had put in was gone and it was just the raw audio. We just now found out another day late that that was not the case. So this is me, Renaissance, touching up on the editing that Sunny had started. Uh, But of course, this is not applicable information to you, the listener, because by the time you're listening to this, the episode is done, edited, and posted for your listening pleasure. So that's just some backstory on why this is another late episode. Hopefully, uh... This will be made up for our next week's episode, where we have our very first guest on, um, and you'll hear more about that throughout the episode. And again, I hope you guys enjoy, as always, and this is The Lavender Menace.
1: Hello, welcome to The Lavender Menace podcast. This is Sunny, your co-host. I am a BookTuber. I use they, she pronouns. I am a Cancer Sun, Capricorn Moon, Gemini Rising. A Swifty, a or Conspiracist, and a generally very cool, awesome, and amazing person.
0: Hi, I'm Renaissance Marie, your other co-host. I am an Aries. I am a French speaker, but also a Francophobe. So that's mm. a fun It's um, like how we're gay polarity. but homophobic. Exactly. I'm a lesbian but also homophobic. Um, I am five six, which is taller than Sunny. I am I'm... five eight and a quarter. Five eight and a quarter. Everyone say no. that to yourself and imagine it. Sunny is five three, and I am uh, a borrower of sorts. And <laughs>
1: <laughs> they learn from the best. Me. And
0: overall, I think just um, a great addition to the party, both because I love to have fun and I'm a mom friend, so you will go home uh, nice and safely. So today,
1: dear listeners, we are once again bringing to you a podcast episode a day late because instead of a full body injury like last time, what has what has prevented us? This is from- an injury mm-hmm. of the soul, Lita- not yes, a physical literally, last injury. Day- We were recording. We got to like, we got to 90 minutes of the podcast, like raw podcast, and we were towards the end, and then the app that we used to record this fucking crashed, and we lost the entire fucking episode! And
0: it was a really good episode. Like, I know not to rub it in your face, because you literally have no context for what the episode was no point of reference but it it was a pretty good episode and it was like we were just kind of silent for a healthy 30 minutes after we lost the episode because it was
1: it was so a, it was like a loss
0: of a child it was really good work <laughs> it was mm-hmm. just gone with mm-hmm. no backup like
1: no backup anchor, so yeah yeah we message anchor, we terrorized them they were tried to be as helpful as they could be but unfortunately it's it is gone forever. So, you know, we're trying we're gonna we're we have a back we learn from our mistakes, we grow. Yeah. So we are gonna have a backup recording this time. So when if when and if this app crashes, we don't lose everything. We decided that instead of trying to replicate our incredible banter and conversation from last night, we're yeah. just going to do a whole new episode. We're gonna talk about different things. Well, some some there'll there'll be some overbutt lap, but like we don't want to bring up something in conversation and rehash everything as if we're talking about it for the first time because that's like not the nature of the show. And also because we don't we don't want to constantly be referencing back to what we were talking about last night because obviously you guys weren't there for that. So like how would you know what the fuck we were talking about? So we're just gonna be talking about different things this time, generally
0: speaking. Um the the charm of the podcast is us making revelations in real time in our conversations, Mm -hmm. finding Mm -hmm. those gems. And it would just be inauthentic if we try to recreate our thought process as if we were making those comments for the first time for sure maybe we'll revisit those comments but we need we need some time to pass we need yeah we need to move from that topic for a while and maybe when the time comes
1: we will Exactly. So today we are bringing to you our regular podcast episode show where it's a three-part it's a three-part situation. First part we talk about um, a hot take an internet discourse thingy dialogue something that is present in our spheres discuss it um, Mm -hmm. and from our lens as very cool awesome epic lesbian communists of color and then we go into our second portion of the podcast where we discuss a piece of media that we consume together and then finally we recommend to each other media that we think the other person would enjoy and should has and actually has the moral obligation to consume
0: so the first topic that we're going to be talking about <laughs> today, i can't even say today we're going to be talking about bisexuals specifically um bisexual girls and women People who date lesbians. People who still have genuine attraction to men and women. Yes. But are attracted to men as well. Yes.
1: Yes. Honestly, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) But also, we need to talk about how... Okay, we're going to be canceled. We're going to be dragged for this. Yeah. Listen. Listen. I have a very scathing hot take. And that is... That biphobia is not real. (laughs) It's so, it sounds like fake
0: nervous to be like, oh my gosh, we're going to get so canceled for saying this. But it's true. There's no oppression. It's just that the oppression isn't biphobia, it's homophobia and misogyny. Yeah. And also, like, the reason why this is. Already exists.
1: Right. Like, this is the thing that. The reason why I really bring this up is because every week on the timeline, every day, actually every hour, someone makes a tweet that appears on my timeline that is basically like, Mm -hmm. stop shaming bisexual women for dating men. It's like, okay, first of all, who the fuck is doing that? Literally, who who is doing that? Who, Like, as a... People think that lesbians
0: existing is just shaming other people.
1: Like are you serious? You can't be serious because I don't sit around thinking, oh my gosh, wow, it is so sad that bisexuals w- are dating men and not me. Or on the other hand, wow, it sucks so bad that I, as a lesbian other lesbians hate bisexuals. Like, no. What do you, genuinely, I want to know, like, what do people think lesbians are doing every time they bring Supposed question, the supposed this theoretical thing, this theoretical possibility of like lesbians just sitting around hating bisexuals. Like- well, that is kind of what we're doing right now. But, for- <laughs> <laughs> but it's because you guys, but it's, it's because- that's what we do unprompted.
0: Yes, and I think like the issue is, I don't know, as a lesbian, it, it like, oh, someone being bisexual. Like, I'm interested in people who have the capability to be interested in me. I do not care if you are also attracted to men or anything else. I want to know if we can kiss right now. Then that is fine. But this idea that somehow, how like, being attracted to a bisexual or being with a bisexual person is different. Like, okay, this gets to the real meat and potatoes of our gripe with. Uh, people being like stopped by phobia is people bisexual girls who have a loving boyfriend who have a, just a regular relationship with their boyfriend with a man, and then continually and perpetually shits on the concept or the ideology of having a boyfriend or when like they are dating men when they are actively participating in that. And it's not funny or, or quirky. I don't yeah. think, especially yeah. if, if it's like I'm not saying that no one can ever complain about their significant other,
1: like or dating men in general. Like if I think yeah. people complaining about their attraction to men is like fine because, look, it that is pretty cursed. Like that sucks for you, you know. Yeah. And I would complain about it too, but I don't have that problem. <laughs> and I think that like that general attitude that people people are so offended at that people are so genuinely because lesbians are the only people in in the LGBT community that are not attracted to men or like yeah. it's or it's explicit in our identity that we are not men and that we do not like men like that is mm-hmm. inherent to our identity and no one else in the community can say that you know like that's just not the case so i think that the fact that we get a lot of shit for like or we or supposedly people are mad at are are angry at us or or like people are not happy that we are happy that we don't like men like what i think that it's okay for us
0: to be happy and revel in the fact that we are not attractive. Attracted to
1: men the same and- way that you guys can also complain about being attracted to men because it's I like we're allowed to have feelings about and we are allowed to have like preferences that really aren't harmful and I think that this is the other thing that I see often is that people I feel like there's this assumption that like lesbians like you know they don't like bisexuals or whatever don't like bisexual girls because they think that they're like tainted by like men or whatever but that is such <laughs> that's such an old school like idea like I can't I was gonna imagine it sounds
0: like something that old lesbians would say like, like curfew like... ass
1: lesbians like yeah. Ellen types yeah like I can't imagine anyone because what are you kidding me the biggest dating pool that we have is bisexual women
0: and Bisexuals make up the majority of the queer community across the board so any queer yeah. person is most likely going to date Bisexual person
1: than right. someone within their like same identity
0: yeah. pool within the queer exactly community. like it's
1: just much more. I basically all of my lesbian friends and me, myself included have only dated bisexual girls. Like yeah. Same. The, in my previous like relationships like we i never that's not a thing to hold against someone it's never because who cares you're in the relationship with the person and the same thing with bisexual girls who have boyfriends it's like why would you hold the fact that he's a man against him because you are in a relationship with him if i'm in a relationship with a bisexual girl i'm not gonna hold the, the fact that she is a bisexual against her like we're literally dating like we're in a healthy loving relationship and it's fine i don't care like, well that's you in a healthy wrong.
0: loving relationship is something that's science of fiction that's fantasy yeah that I, is that's, something yeah. outside of this topic of conversation yes that's true I haven't seen that but that that has neither <laughs> to do with you being a lesbian or the other person being a bisexual those uh, they are independent
1: un-related. of each other <laughs> yeah unrelated oh but I also think something that is something that I was talking about with my bisexual friend oh this is the other thing so much bi discourse is brought about by cis people and like white cis people, like privileged cis people. It's like, you guys are basically begging for a crumb of oppression here because you date men, you almost exclusively date men. You almost exclusively sleep with men. You're white, you're a cis girl from the suburbs, but you are begging, you are basically asking for the LGBT community. You're asking for lesbians to validate your identity as a queer person, which first of all, you shouldn't need that validation. If you're queer, you're queer, period. And second of all, like, y- why, wh- I, what is the purpose? I don't get it I don't get the point and it's also
0: just this idea that queer is an aesthetic and somehow yes. dating a man ruins that aesthetic how can you signal to other people like also if you're bisexual and you're dating a man but you're also like polyamorous or like you have relations to right. multiple people at a time if like and and you're queer then like ju- just flirt with the people that you want to flirt with like you don't have to perform right. queerness you don't have yeah. to try and mitigate or downplay the fact that you're in a regular loving healthy relationship with a man in order to appear more queer like yeah it's weird that's it's why weird. bisexuality exists is that you right. can be queer and have loving relationship with a man and if you're monogamous and you are like one bisexual girl in a relationship with a straight man Then you're a bisexual girl who's in a loving, healthy relationship with a straight man. Like, there's nothing that's, like, being erased and also just, like, no one is making laws being, like, I want to specifically discriminate against bisexual people. It's, like, you would be discriminated in certain cases if you were in a relationship with someone of the same sex or same gender and you like are bisexual
1: because the thing about
0: like that's not like biphobia yes yes
1: and like because I feel like the whole concept of biphobia is so it's not rooted in materialism. It's not rooted in reality, in like the actual functioning systems of oppression in the real world. Because in the real world, systems of oppression such as patriarchy and capitalism and heterosexism, they all work together to reinforce each other. And they are also enforced through social norms, through laws, through religion, through, through these standards. Like they're enforced by these things. And if you look at how they are enforced, you are punished for being perceived as gender nonconforming or non or, or not conforming to heterosexuality, and if you and your partner are both like cis and they and you guys are in a hetero relationship, in that one is a dude, one is a woman, mm-hmm. like that, you guys the are two not genders, act- dude and yeah, woman, that's not going against patriarchy or heterosexism in any way not that your relationship has to like your no relationship has to be like revolutionary or go against the grain or like have to make a statement about. no one's relationship has to be fundamentally like that deeply like political because who like who fucking cares people are gonna love who they're also, that gonna just, love
0: that's
1: the, the, irrelevant to the day-to-day
0: machinations of upholding a relationship exactly if- if the number one issue in your relationship is that you don't feel like you're being seen as gay enough or queer enough because you're dating a man, then that's, like, do you have – are you focusing on no other part of the fact that, like, you're in a relationship with a yeah. real other human being? Yeah. And that's, like, the part – I that's the – another part that I think is weird is that this idea that shitting on your boyfriend because you want to be with a girl or whatever, it, it doesn't – make lesbians or or the people that you wish you were in a relationship with feel pined after it it's yeah that's not desirable at the end of the day the little things like when you're in a real relationship with someone it doesn't matter if they're like straight or gay i mean obviously you're gonna bond and have different like shared views and stuff like that but like if the entire time the only thing that you're thinking is like oh i wish this person wasn't a man First of all, there's the lesbian master doc. If you hate your boyfriend so much, you might just be a lesbian. But right. if you're not, then, like, wh- why? Why do you hate yeah. someone who loves you? Because yeah. of who they are.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I also think, like, and back to the... Okay, also, I feel like the conversation of, like, how do you feel... Hi, bisexual girls. How do you guys feel connected to the LGBTQ community if you're dating, like, a straight man or whatever? That... Okay, and. Uh, again, that, uh, that question is annoying on many levels that we've already discussed. But like the second thing is that if someone looks like they're in a male-female relationship, if it, that's what it appears to be, but they're both gender non-conforming or they're both queer, they're both bi, like that's an entirely different like dynamic altogether. And it's totally erased it within the question and the framework of like, what do you do bisexuals if bisexual girls, if you're dating like a straight man? Because it's like, in from my experience, basically every bi girl i know who has been in a relationship with a man the man has also been gender queer or like or like bisexual as well like or queer in some way or question their gender and sexuality within the course of that relationship queer people find each other exactly. at least in my experience like queer people find queerness attractive like you mm-hmm. being someone who you feel like is within the same community as you is you you already know that they they're, they're going to be vibe with you on the same level for certain things just right off the bat. I mean, 99% of the time. So it's like obviously if you guys both realize, "Oh, I'm not actually like a cis woman. I'm not actually like a cis man. I'm not actually like straight the way that I think I am." Um and your partner helps you helps you find that. Even if you guys are in a supposedly or like from the beginning at the beginning of the relationship was a like het relationship, like that's cool and that's and that in itself is like your guys's queer relationship and experience and understanding of yourself and i think like that idea of the individual queerness like the the experience of being lgbtq like within yourself versus within a structural societal problem it it, it kind of brings up the question again of like your every interpersonal interaction and also like like your individual experiences, or like something negative happening to you, or something that the vibes being off for you, that is not the same thing as like oppression. Like mm-hmm. it's you're not oppressed for dating men. In fact, the oppressive systems of the world want you to date men. That's actually how it works. Those are the mechanisms of patriarchy. They want women to date men. It wants women to date men, and that's how every legal and cultural system in the world works. Right. So to complain about what is something that is deeply first of all interpersonal between you and your partner and you within yourself to the public audience of the greater lgbtq community of being like wow i feel like you guys don't see me as queer enough who fucking cares you know you're queer your partner knows you're queer and even if within the eyes of the law and when you're holding hands with your partner in public like no one thinks wow that's a gay couple like it, you don't need that validation when you're not in a relationship that requires that validation.
0: I agree. This entire time, I not gonna lie. I mean, I, I was listening, but I also was just thinking about the news that Aubrey Plaza, just got married to a man and she's bisexual <laughs> and so that really was just hitting home for me in a very personal way <laughs> her photos with Dakota Johnson are so iconic and yes, um, also yes. her moments with um, Elizabeth Olsen and uh-huh. the promo for the movie that they were in together and then there's also this there's clips of them i'm not going to get into detail because i will start (laughs) filming at the mouth describing them i like i really want to know who are these lesbians that are going around bullying bisexual women and are just how can i join
1: them no i'm kidding
0: (laughs) (laughs) no but also like i also think it's just the perception of somehow lesbians saying that they don't experience attraction to men is somehow perceived as bullying by women for being attracted to men. And that's also just not the case. Like, lesbian, like, oh my gosh, that brief moment on TikTok when uh, bisexuals were trying to say that the lesbian master doc was biphobic because it didn't talk (laughs) about attraction to men and how, like, the experience of being attracted to women and being attracted to men. And it's like, lesbianism first of all the the lesbianism existing is not biphobic like bisexual people not being accepted into lesbianism is why lesbianism exists so like someone talking about their experience figuring out that they weren't attracted to men or saying jokes but not being attracted to men is not biphobic in the same way that like gay men talking about well, no, because sometimes gay men are misogynistic, but gay men just saying that they aren't attracted to women is not inherently, like, lesbophobic or right. against sapphism. Like, they're gay men for a reason. Right. That's why it exists. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, they do not get the same amount of slack and hatred yeah. that yeah. lesbians do. Yeah. And, but,
1: and like, the thing is, it's because they're men at the end of the yeah. day. Like, women yeah. will always get the brunt of all of the supposed su- societal ills because they're supposedly all our problems. Like, every man who's ever done a mass shooting, it's because his mom didn't, like, raise him right. Every man mm-hmm. who's ever, like, be- you know, like, oh my god. Every single interpersonal or societal greater issue is always, like, it's, it's always women's fault for some fucking reason. Goddamn. But bitch, because
0: lesbians are... Not all women, but non-men. Right. um, Who have... Who do not seek relations with men. Yeah. It's like
1: the... That is the greatest affront to patriarchy. Yeah. Because listen, listen. The way that patriarchy works is fundamentally homoerotic for men right because it's about men accumulating power and using that power over other people and it's about men consolidating their power with each other which is why straight men are oftentimes exhibiting the most homoerotic behaviors in trying to utilize their relationships with women as a way to impress other men right that's that is that's an experience and that's like an academic reality and social reality that many people have spoken about and written about and like studied because right no social network it is, it is so true that men use women to impress other men men use their and but the thing is that with with like with women and with like non-men and with and with lesbian relationships and sapphic relationships that is that is not <laughs> that is an front that's to not the
0: objective of our yeah. relationship exactly
1: and also it's like it's it's an affront to patriarchy because no men are involved and that power that patriarchy holds because patriarchy even within the word itself is all about right men having power over other people the man isn't even there the man's not even in the picture which is why when we use when you use the term like queer in the sense of like going against patriarchal and cisgender standards going against heterosexist standards going against heteronormativity right like when we talk about queerness then yes your male female relationship your cis male female relationship regardless of your guys' sexualities is not queer in that sense of the term because queerness Mm -hmm. meaning going against this patriarchal like standard and system like your relationship doesn't really challenge that in any in any real way especially like if you're monogamous I feel and like but the thing is is that every sapphic relationship every relationship between two non-men is always going to be in affront to the patriarchy and it's always going to be a threat to it because it creates a world and it creates conditions that allows for a world and allows for an imagination and that allows for the construction of a community that doesn't center men
0: lesbians talking about the community that does not involve men is not inherently biphobic that is just the reality right. of lesbian it's it's misandrist and i think and this it's good
1: I... thus because it's misandrist anyways
0: it is, but I think a lot of this, like, oh, stop bullying by women for dating men or whatever. It's like lesbians saying that they don't date men is not bullying by women for dating men or who are in a relationship. Right, and that's with
1: that's really the point, men. to be honest. And also, this is the other thing I was going to bring up earlier was that I was talking to my friend who is a bisexual woman, and mm-hmm. she's trans, and she and I were talking about how annoying bisexual women are, <laughs> especially because because she was talking about like like other bisexual women especially like cis cis girls like uh, being affronted at the idea uh, even the idea not even the reality of like lesbians not dating people dating within their community is fine it's good and it's okay like how many people don't want to get into interracial relationships because they are not comfortable with dating outside of their own race I mean not unless you're white that, that's kind of weird. if white- like,
0: you're just racist
1: yeah you're literally just white terrorist. but like for other people it's like if you don't want to date outside your own culture that makes so much sense because because why would you like i mean y- you you want to be connected on that level so why does it why is it somehow a form of oppression uh to for lesbians to exclusively date other lesbians like that's just a normal part of what it's like being within a marginalized community there, that's why there's like for t relationships right like people who are like mm-hmm. exclusively people who are trans who are exclusively into relationships with other trans people like no one's shaming that as being exclusionary because we understand how patriarchy and gender and bio works it works in the sense that like trans people are systematically like dehumanized by all other people who aren't trans the same way that lesbians are dehumanized by all people who aren't lesbians so we are allowed to only date each other because sometimes that is safer for us you know and that because again like we were saying earlier like bisexual girls can be very lesbophobic especially in the in these conversations about what is considered biphobic or not oftentimes what they're bringing up as being quote-unquote biphobia is literally just again like renaissance and i have been saying for the past 30 minutes just lesbians (laughs) existing yeah
0: and and allowing spaces that are gay that don't include men right and that is not biphobia because lesbians have had to have been forced to interact with men when that is not our that's not our stitch okay that's not what we do yeah um so within our own communities and within our own circles and stuff it is and also this is what i also want to say is that like only being interested in dating other lesbians that in itself is very diverse
1: exactly there's so many different types of lesbians because
0: (laughs) what people often think of lesbians first of all so many of them think of Ellen DeGeneres and I can't wait for her to be just permanently dethroned of like the main central lesbian yeah yeah yeah. um but like lesbians are not this just like monolithic cis white um you know ale-bodied like
1: skinny like yeah
0: and also like like gender conforming like a cis woman lesbian is like not even like that's the tip of the iceberg of the day di- of, of what yeah. the lesbian community yeah. actually looks and like and also
1: like this is the other thing where people automatically assume gay men to be gender non-conforming especially mm-hmm. in terms of like drag and stuff and like drag yeah. culture. but people don't have that same mentality when it comes to lesbians when the thing is is that most like within a patriarchal heteronormative society lesbians are gender non-conforming in that part of what being a woman is is about being attracted to men and being in intimate relationships with men and when you don't do that and when that is not a part of your identity then a part of your womanhood is negated and a part of your womanhood is and for some for some lesbians that is that is an affront to their identity because they identify fully as women and they want to be seen as full real women, not as like a diluted version of a woman, but for other people, like you, we like me and me and Renaissance, we kind of like lean into that mm-hmm. and understanding that yes, our relationships to our gender identities and our relationships to um, like men are, it's very, it's these are integral to each other because like gender as a construct and gender as the realities that we exist in our day-to-day lives. Like we know that, even if people look at us and think, oh, that's a girl, oh, that's a woman, like, in, in our own experiences, like, we don't think of ourselves as, like, women in the way that society actually, like, creates this, like, Like the box of women. That's also, like, when I am,
0: when I've gone a while without talking to the cis heads or the locals or whatever, I kind of, like, get, like, oh my gosh, like, am I even, not like a woman in that sense or whatever like when i'm only talking with lesbians i'm like oh yeah i'm i'm a woman or whatever because like within that the idea of like womanhood manhood it's just out like i forget that that it exists on the outside but then whenever i'm like thrusted into Cis head society I'm like oh I'm not like the rest yeah. of the people here like right. I, I, I'm not like other
1: girls but I'm literally yeah. not like other girls But I'm literally, I'm not, not, literally like not, girls, not, I'm not a girl, a girl. yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Like,
0: exactly like when, when we know when we're just talking like in our lesbian group chat so when I'm only mm-hmm. talking with other lesbians I'm just I feel more comfortable in womanhood because it's, it's unrelated to that it's more tied yeah. to lesbianism as like what yeah. does being a woman in terms of lesbianism mean yeah. instead of in like, people just automatically seeing me and being like, this is someone who can do reproductive labor, and then that's it. And Like, yes. that's their snap yeah. judgment. When lesbianism does not require marking people based on who is able to do reproductive or domestic labor in any yeah. way. Yeah. And that is what is more enticing to me about womanhood and lesbianism than womanhood in terms of, like, patriarchy and cis yes. society.
1: Yes. Um and that also gets oh, kind of yeah. into within the fact that, like, within our identities as lesbians, within the lesbian community, like, the idea of being a butch, or being femme, or being a stud, or being, you know, like, these mm-hmm. identities are, uh, oftentimes they're, like, racialized, oftentimes they are yeah. um, based off, of you know, gender performance and whatever but like it's also something that I feel like a lot of like nouveau lesbians <laughs> I, I feel like, a lot of, like younger younger queer people, queer people really don't understand is first of all how a lot of these terms are lesbian specific like stop calling every like feminine presenting person every person you think as a woman light femme. that's just not that's not what a femme is like the term femme is specifically out coming out of like the lesbian community and it's and what being a femme really is is about performing and being who you are in in all of its feminine ways but also like realizing that a it's not for the performance of men it's for the it's for yourself and it's for other women it's for other lesbians it's for other sapphic it's for other queer Mm -hmm. people and also the femininity
0: that lesbians are attracted to and the femininity that
1: straight men are attracted to are often Two very different, so different, and it's forms also like, community. and also something that is so important to the to fem identity is like respect for mask lesbians and yes. respect for butches, and that is that is so integral to our history. It's so integral to our history, which is why I think it is so weird when I see like girls and like or like especially fem- like bi-girls. lesbians that hate masculine lesbians. Yes, are or, or very
0: lesb- weird. Yes, it's very weird. weird.
1: It's so weird.
0: Like why? Why? Yeah like first of all you would not be able to exist without masculine lesbians like exactly. let's get that straight right. also like studs is specific to the black community like stud right. is a masculine black lesbian right like pretty much the foundation like the forefront the idea, idea of what being here. bush is yeah yeah because it's like not only are black women just in general masculine hyper masculinized yeah. but then the reclamation of then having no um interest in being attracted to men and also being masculine and black at the same time and then there's just like white femme lesbians who just shit on that is yeah. really weird very yes. weird behavior it's but so all racist of, oh my All God. of this is like tied to the fact that, like, this history, this language, lesbians existing, lesbians existing and wanting to exist separate from men, non-men who want to exist separately from men, is not biphobic. This isn't excluding or, or, like, discrimination. Like, it's not actual oppression against bi-women. It's recognizing that there's a history that has, that is explicitly against the patriarchy,
1: and that And it informs our realities today. Yes. Yeah. Okay, we've been talking about this for quite a bit, so I think it's time for us to talk about the media that we consume together. And something that we talked a lot about in our podcast episode last night, that you know, disappeared, uh, is the idea of, like, parasocial relationships and also how we view our relationships to other people versus how they view their relationship to us versus how we view other people's relationships to each other. Like, all these, the ways that they overlap and inform each other, especially as people who tend to look at and discuss media critically, which is why I kind of forced when I saw... (laughs) I invited Renaissance to watch with me one of my favorite YouTube creators. And her name is uh-huh. Kimberly, and she has a YouTube channel called For Harriet. Um, and it is a black feminist media pop culture criticism YouTube channel. She makes a lot of content about um like movies, TV shows, music and musicians, celebrities, drama within these celebrities, uh, and also politics, um, and like abolition and the history of racism and the history of um like drug policing and uh, anti-blackness and anti-fat f- and like fat phobia and like she makes so much incredible content and she has been for years now and I've been watching her for like years now at this point too um, and for a while I was like subscribed to like her Patreon and everything um, she basically she like she creates these uh she does a lot of recently she's been doing a lot more like live streams and live stream interviews with like Scholars who are at the top of their field, writing books and doing research about whatever thing that they're talking about. Like she's done, she did a video with uh, Dr. Ibrahim Kendi. She did a video with. Uh, she did a video with abolitionist derica pernell she did a video she's done videos with so many cool with the person who alex s vitale the person who wrote the end of policing like she's done so many cool interviews with people who's dedicated their life's work to the academic study of things that like i'm so i'm very deeply invested in right like the liberation of women uh the abolition of police the liberation of like people of color and black people like these things that like I care about a lot, lot I care about I care about a lot she kind of like talks about that within the academic sense but also in how she analyzes media uh particularly we've watched I've made Renaissance watch with me the video where she discusses the movie Cuties directed by a Senegalese French like young woman uh about the sexualization of children and like how that th- that there's a huge craze on Twitter like a year ago because of that and people were like calling her like a pedophile and like everyone's like no one this movie and like people were like trying to get petitions to, like get it off Netflix or whatever you know and in Kim's hot take on it was so like nuanced and interesting. So we listened, we watched that. I also had Renaissance watch with me the video where she talks about WAP and the spectacle of sexual liberation, but I think Renaissance fell asleep in the middle of
0: <laughs> I did. I have to be honest, I do not remember
1: watching <laughs> that video
0: because I was yeah, And then out last in night
1: the I, I made Renaissance watch with me. What did what did we watch last night together? We watched the Queen and Slim video yeah 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 that one was really good oh and also the the tyler perry video yep 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 yep. oh
0: gosh
1: tyler perry yeah okay anyway you can chat i'm gonna go pee
0: okay great this is my chatty time um how are all the lesbians out there i hope you're doing well to clarify, we don't hate bisexuals. Um, oh, we forgot to mention Sunny. Sunny and I both identified as bisexual for several years before coming out as lesbian. And so, like, speaking from our own experience of, like, identifying as bisexual for five years. And, like, you know, we were the anoint- Oh, yeah. Well, this is a joke we made yesterday. So, I don't know if, if it's worth Repeating. I thought it was funny. But the annoying bisexual to lesbian terrorist pipeline, which I thought was a really good line from last night.
1: Okay, I'm taking off my pants because I don't want to wear them, so.
0: Of course. Why would you
1: want to Why? Would I? Okay, anyways. So, yeah, what did you, uh, since I was the one who like, forced you to watch this, what, what, what are your thoughts on Miss Kim and her hot takes from what you've seen?
0: I... Really like them. You had recommended her channel to me before you forced me at Digital Gunpoint to watch these right. videos. Right. And um, so I, I watched maybe one or two that I had really liked. And it rem- she reminded me a lot of another YouTuber, although I think her her commentary is a bit more highbrow um, and a bit more just like just the experience Critical. that comes yeah critical yeah. and just the experience that comes with working it like just the practice of critical thought i yeah. think it's just more sharpened yeah. and heightened yeah on it's her like, channel uh-huh. um but the youtuber that you reminded me of is the channel called um ada or ada i can't remember on demand um and she's a bit of a smaller youtuber i mean youtube now is so big that like small is like
1: it is less big, than 100k yeah. subscribers yeah
0: because literally so because she has seventy three point nine thousand subscribers, subscribers so that's like a healthy following that's a lot of people like, that's like the size of yeah.
1: like a country come
0: on <laughs> yeah no that's a lot of people it's just like youtube is so big that like it feels right. small right. um but i really like her videos i think they're well done it's like
1: pop culture and kind of political analysis yeah I watch um, a lot of other, like, media analysis YouTube channels. I don't think we've, like, talked yeah. about the ones that, like, we we watch. But, like, I, I really like... Do you um, watch
0: Ada On Demand?
1: Maybe. Let me look and see if I've seen any of her videos. Um, do you watch... Do you watch... Uh, fuck, fuck. Anyways,
0: fuck. I recommend. And, and I, I could see, with years to come, her becoming... Uh, what's the... Is the channel name For Harriet? Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see her channel becoming that i just think that there's there's less um like intimate knowledge of theory and like liberation in yeah. itself like like she yeah. raises upon those ideas um doesn't exactly pin them down what's it but, called uh, ada on demand yeah Ada on demand
1: um uh gotcha oh okay okay yeah so yeah um, other people that I watch who make more, like, like, film analysis videos, almost, like, like, you know, like, Nerd uh, like, that type of content. Do you oh. know who Nerd Rider 01 is? No. What? Okay, well, that's the next, that's the next YouTube people I'm gonna make, I'm gonna harass you into watching with me. Basically, okay. um, so, basically, like, uh, oh my gosh, there's so many, like, Issa De Leon, like, there's so many smaller and larger, like, Yara, Yara Jade, Yara Zade, like, Her content is super cool. Like, I do so many different, like, media, okay. And they have political analysis and pop culture analysis and media analysis to different degrees, like, within each category, you know. And I think that, I think that Kimberly does a very good job at hitting all three, um, to the height at which she does her criticism because she talks mm-hmm. about the artistry of the work. She talks about the politics of the work and she talks about the social implications and how people react to it. All basically in equal measure in this very intelligent way and like she, uh, from what I can tell the editing in her videos is like slim to none and she basically posts like not unedited live streams of her talking and responding to people um, on, in the chat and stuff where it's she just doesn't ever miss a beat she never says an um and never says a like never says she just fucking and just mean like i don't even know how scripted the stuff she says is because it's so it's like she it's so natural it's so conversational yet so perfect like she was a speech and debater and it's so obvious you know and she was a speech and debater who like swept every tournament like you can tell from how from how she presents her uh, media analysis and her opinions and she she was also she also has a bachelor's in arts from uh, Harvard in African American history and studies I think Uh, and like it really shows in all of her analysis and everything that she says about media that is largely about black people and created by black people Um, and I think that like I don't know I just really respect her as someone who like creates like content and engages with content at the same time like I think that's really cool
0: yeah it's definitely what I aspire to be I don't think that I, I don't think I'd be able to reach that like the level this of rationalism right... that like yeah. she exudes. Like, yeah. I, like this isn't the right word, but I wanna say like crispness. Like there's mm-hmm. just like so yes. on point. It's yes. just it is fresh, it is good, yes. It's, it's, it's like just a, a flaw to be found.
1: Yes. yes. You know, when you see like a screenplay and it's like fucking flawless, every yeah. word, every bit of punctuation, every use of slang, every you everything is perfect, and that's how she does it. Like it's incredible. And it's
0: it's Satisfying to watch, especially I'm thinking of watching the the Queen and Slim commentary video. It's just so there's not an aspect and a detail that is not perfectly accounted for in her analysis. And it's not to say that she nitpicks or um, splits hairs or anything when she is talking about the film, but just the the analysis is so watertight mm-hmm. on all the aspects yes. that
1: you and she mentioned. acknowledges all the potential criticisms. She feels. Yes all of the things no, like, that she No, th- Like
0: that's the thing is that there's no point where like when I'm like, "Oh, but what about this?" and that's always the next thing that she says. Like right. she, everything is accounted for yes. in in a very just and and also just her presentation is really good. Like yes. it's well presented. Yes. Um, not only like our Correct. I think yes. and not only are the yes. analysis, just like uh-huh.
1: yeah, and that's even if what you it don't is. agree with her opinions. It's probably because a you're uninformed or b you guys mm-hmm. fundamentally are looking at it differently and that's yeah. not the fault of her. You can probably still enjoy her content and like be like, oh yeah, this makes sense. And but learn I also think something that- from it. Yes. And she always, and like, because of the way that she engages with her following and with people, like, she does, she changes what she does so, so frequently based off of, you know, her audience and what people are engaging with. And she has direct conversations with people who are commenting who in, in her live streams, on her Patreon, in, like, in everything. And, she like when she was talking in like 2018 when she was making videos and talking about prison abolition and people were like what the fuck is that she's like made so much content about it since like she's made videos that specifically address questions that people have like oh well what do you do about the abusers and the rapists there's this very good live stream video of her well I don't know if it's a live stream I think it's just like a zoom recording of her interviewing someone who a woman who wrote a book about gendered violence within the carceral state and how the carceral actually further enacts it as opposed to curbs it and like I feel like that you know, Kimberly asks her the questions that Her audience immediately bring up When you are asked When you are pre- presented with the concept of A world without prisons where it's like oh okay my. But what about like the bad men What about the people who've done that like She asks those questions and she presents it In a way and also in, engages With the people who, who do have. Like she she is so good at pulling in People who know more Than her even though she knows so much Already and referencing articles And referencing books and referencing other things that inform her analysis like and I think
0: what's awesome about her is that she is so incredibly smart and it you can just see it in her demeanor in the content that she makes like even if not a one single video video shows the like how smart she is like you you know like there's no question about it but she's not Condescending, she's not yes. talking down, she doesn't say anything with the assumption that you should have already known this or you should have already right. thought of this. And, and as original as her takes, she present herself as like a Jesus figure or anything, yes, yeah. yeah. And it, and they like that has to do with just what you think, also, like the more intelligent you are, the less you have to kind of like thrust that into someone but like, you can't just For exist. Sure. As a smart person. And she yes. has just like reached that that beautiful cross section of intelligence and still learning. Like that's evidence. Yes. And, and confidence. And, and confidence.
1: And yeah. And it's just it like when you are so reassured, re-assured and confident within your in your own knowledge. Like you don't have to justify or try to prove anything to anyone because mm-hmm. you don't have to. You know you are like I love what women, but she's well sourced. Yes. She has yes. the backing exactly. But it's, and it's you not don't un, even un- have un-based. to ask her. Yeah
0: for it because you just know that that work is there
1: yes and and she and she does she gives us the citations she gives us the references she gives us what her analysis is coming out of and she tells us you know initially when I like in some of her older videos when she's talking when she's talking about how she got into the idea of into like prison abolition and these concepts and grappling with them is she talks about like you know initially I I have had a lot of these same questions that you guys because in those videos especially you know three years ago like her comments are, fl- so oftentimes when, 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 you know, when a creator blows up, like, you'll get so many trolls or you'll get people who are not engaging with your content in good faith, obviously. Um, yeah. And we see this, I think this proliferates more and more with mediums such as, like, TikTok and, like, oh, gosh, the, the way that social media, because it's profit-driven, creates this toxic environment for, that, like, furthers furthers a parasocial relationship that you know is based you know in influencer culture it's based in trying to sell you things or trying to market something to you but i think that with kim with kimberly like with the for harriet channel she what she markets to you and what she's asking for you to buy into what she's asking you to consume it is her thoughts her opinions and her well informed researched opinions Um, and, and that is valuable and that is worth you, your time well your money. researched
0: opinions are worth more than things that you pull out of your ass even For if sure. they're both opinions you can Which say all oh, opinions yes. are subjective yeah but that doesn't mean that you cannot uh, like further out and fully develop an opinion with research that is inherently yeah. more valuable than someone yeah. just saying something off the top of their head exactly and this that's, that's why... on like what your favorite color is like what your favorite yes. color is doesn't actually change Materially, <laughs> like, yes. like, but the way that her opinions—and that's what I mean—like her takes are so just fully developed. Like, it's all there. That yes. there is no flaw or fault in them, unless you just completely disagree with her perspective in general. Like, if if you yes. are not of
1: that, like, like if you don't already field, agree with black feminism, if you don't already yeah. agree with anti-capitalism, if you don't already agree yeah. with these frameworks, then you know then it's, having- it's
0: just not going to appeal right. to you but that's right. but not it's, her but it's fault like, that's not right. a fault of her content right. that doesn't right. mean that her content
1: is bad that just means
0: that you have a different perspective exactly. on something In
1: a wrong perspective and like I, she- I, yes exactly and it's like she and that's the other thing she doesn't pander or she doesn't like try to explain things to people by tr- like by trying to kind of explain her humanity as a black woman like she doesn't she's not trying to convince racists to not be racist like something that's very interesting with other youtube creators who make like political content for example like like counterpoints. for example like she grapples with a lot of uh an audience that is like really you know like greasy incel like men who whom she is trying to convince uh to not be to not hate women or she's trying to convince like TERFs to like not hate trans people. And that's how her rhetoric is based. And that's how her content is formed. But with like Kim, like Kim is not approaching it with the sense of trying to prove to you why she's right. She's just applying her analysis.
0: I think just not even addressing Oh, but what about white supremacy or whatever? Something yeah. of that nature. Yeah, is more con- just presenting black feminism as correct. Presenting wh- when talking about Queen and Slim, the humanity.
1: Do we have a guess? Hold on, hold- hu- Anyways, what the fuck were we talking about?
0: <laughs> we're talking about how Kim like just presents right. black humanity instead of trying to argue that it exists or that it is valid. She just presents it as right. truth inherently just, like, and I think that that is, that. yeah and I think that is more convincing and more powerful than because when you argue with someone you have to give that other side some validity even if like you yeah. think that it's dumb even yeah. engaging with it to kind of debate or to debunk in any way is
1: it's it, validating
0: it, it yeah even just that because you, because which is you why... have to address points that they make as though they are points that could that are have legitimate. validity. Yeah. Right. In any and, way. And that that's one thing that I always struggled with when I did competitive speech and debate. Um, was that oh. sometimes there were things that were it, before I had the language, before I, I, I engaged with theory, but I knew in my in my gut of sorts that it it, it wasn't worth debating. <coughs> that they were inherently flawed takes and also having to argue that was very difficult Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um like should we send five or seven bombs to this particular country or whatever yes something like that when you're having high schoolers debate war crimes
1: um literally
0: i i was never interested in that aspect um but she doesn't even
1: yeah legitimize yeah which is why like the, the the concept of especially these like white leftist quote-unquote like tiktokers or like fucking like youtubers and whatever that like every day on leftist twitter people complain about these like quote-unquote bread tubers or whatever being annoying online or or these influencers who get clout by like arguing with nazis on huge platforms where it's like this is the thing you you're not doing anything to people who do that who engage in good faith with like nazis can you, you... engage it with good faith
0: or can you engage with Nazis in good faith? Like, what are you doing? You're trying is that to even own-
1: possible? You're trying to epically own and debunk them? Girl, please. Like, what are... The priorities are so out of whack. Like, you- what are you... Why are you more... Like, this is the thing. I feel like so many, especially, like, white people, are so much more concerned with the spectacle of being correct and being praised for being correct than they are with trying to, like, materially improve the conditions of them, their communities and of the And world. that is
0: why Europe has been plagued with neoliberalism while countries in the global south actually work on liberation. Yes. Um, and because... For example, France, France, ne- Fran- we need to delete France. First of all, agreed the, agreed. the world has progressed past the past the of needs France. of France. Um, but they have just one thing that I do. I think is a little funny about French people is that when they like rioting in the United States, it isn't really right Like maybe like we saw like a-, a flash of it in the summer, but it's really just people with signs chanting in the streets whatever in France they light police officers
1: on fire but also it's because their police officers are not like fucking armed to the neck right like the thing is is that in in the U.S. in talking about how brutal military repression happens you know globally in different countries that are either fundamentally colonial or you know backed by colonial governments they like you know in I I don't like in China, like I'm Chinese, so haha, um, haha. So <laughs> right you. Uh, like in China, something that I that I heard a lot when I when I go to China was, oh my gosh, like you're from America, what how that's so dangerous. People can own guns there, like people can and, like that's so. Interesting. Owning guns is fine as long as you're not a fascist. Yes, yes for sure, but it's like. Not that I'm against gun ownership, especially, like, as Marxists, like, you know, keep the proletariat armed, etc. But the thing is, is that, like, it's so interesting that, like, in, like, the police in, like, China do not walk around with fucking four different types of weapons around their body. Whereas the fucking guy who pulls you over for running a traffic light in this country is liable to kill you at any time with no consequences.
0: There were... I remember I my heart would race so fast when the campus in high school around minors everyone in a high school is a, maybe there's like a couple seniors that are 18 everyone yeah. is a minor there was a police officer with a gun yes. in his holster right. walking around like with yeah thousands literally thousands of children around him yeah it's like, I terrifying. mean I guess like with like you just assume that he's not gonna shoot a child but there's no guarantee that that's yeah. not gonna happen yeah. because he has a gun
1: in a high yeah. school and also it's like in it in, in my public high school we would see people get fucking arrested dragged out of yeah the by there administrators was, someone was body slammed <laughs> on the concrete <laughs> literally by, the, like the literally, level of brutality I more
0: violence oh and like pseudo state violence within a public high school against minors than I have like in uh, in the world like like walking right. around in, like, like the outside. Real world. Right. yeah there's more violence within but by, by like authority figures yes in high like just in high school
1: yeah and, and not even to talk about how so they treat weird. how they treat disabled kids neurodivergent kids and like the like Uh, seeing people on tiktok talk about their experiences being in the quote-unquote like special ed programs and like being put in like padded like lock rooms or whatever for hours at a time completely isolated like the ways that out like the okay i mean not to derail and talk about like the public school system and how and i mean all pub all we could
0: but we should we need to do an episode on american public schools
1: yes because it's so evil the way that it's all first of all it's all constructed to churn out workers for the corporate i was gonna
0: The only thing that public schools in America trains you for is either to go to prison or to be. Yes, exactly. That's the the two options. And the the school system mimics both of them. The school system mimics prison and like hot 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 labor. Yes. Like uh, it's it sounds hyperbolic to say that high school is like a prison in training but like think
1: well, about it you can't leave you have to ask someone to go use the bathroom you have to ask mm-hmm. someone to like you need permission to like you can be subjected to violence at, any, at moment. any time you can be like publicly shamed humiliated and like beat down like you can literally get in fights i mean okay listen in high school i should have gotten to more fights because what could what could they have done the teachers stand there and tell you to stop they'll try to like you know mitigate the fight but like they can't you know they at the end of the day, they're like, as teachers, they kind of are there to, you know, quote, unquote, protect you and educate you. So but it's like, but it's like, the way that the way that the schools are like modeled off of like carceral systems and and preparing you for a life that is you know not to be all Foucault or whatever everything is a prison but like it it really really within a capitalist society and within especially in a colonial state the the truth of that is just so so fucking real and I think that like and also like it is entirely based, it is always based upon the idea that the American way is like superior and is that is the moral good and objective that everyone should be striving for. It's literally when, when it's literally the worst, it's the worst education, it's like one of the worst education systems possible to, to in terms of, in terms of the academic work that people are training out, because God knows, high, like, high schoolers in America are not educated to the degree that high schoolers in other countries are
0: in terms of the uh, like post revolutionary and communist society there's obviously public schooling but that is not the public school that currently exists like the right. like public school yeah. in america right now is not a socialist schooling is not a yeah. it, it it's not that you know mm. and i i grew up the child of a public school teacher my mom works in teachers unions like that is the space that most of my childhood was like in like that's what I saw that was that heavily influenced my view of public education and as much as I value public school teachers and I appreciate the work that some of them do emphasis on some of them because some of them are literal Nazis um, who <laughs> yeah. are trying and, to and push Nazi propaganda pedophiles. let's talk about the fucking pedophiles pedophiles in literally schools. like just the nature of the United States in its
1: and existence. like how authority works on yeah. every level from the workplace with your managers and your bosses to where exactly. you live with your landlords and with the banks to schools with the teachers and the principals and the fucking cops the, there the to system, the legal system.
0: The system itself does not benefit or does not encourage good teachers that are doing good work like that's very much on an individual yeah. basis yeah
1: like the, sa- the same way that like the-, the fact that the institution of like policing or the institution of like yeah. you know addressing our health care and addressing mental health these institutions because they're set up in a way that is fundamentally not beneficial to us as individuals and us as a community and us as people they're these institutions that are you know for profit and also the like old ass things that have not that are that are not have not really been questioned in their structure in such a long time literally no.
0: the education system in america has not changed like it came from the industrial revolution yeah and
1: it stayed that way it like stayed it that way. has not evolved, the same way that like way. police has come came from slave patrols and it hasn't developed past that either like it's all it's that, and like i think you know tying this back to what we're talking about in terms of um, in terms of like what Kimberly does for her for Harriet channel, in how she mm-hmm. deconstructs these institutions, in 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 discussing how they are fundamentally wrong, in how they are fundamentally fucked up, in how in in how she analyzes the media that comes out of the world and society that we are in. And yeah. speaking of schools, this kind of transitions us into the third part of this podcast, <laughs> which is giving giving you and also renaissance at, or yeah. respectively our media recommendations uh, today this is I... where we
0: flip the prison school system and we actually give you good things to to educate
1: yourself with yes yeah. indeed but um a a piece of media that i a, a book that i finished reading today uh i listened to it on, via hoopla on audiobook checked it out from my library um and this book is called Confessions by Kine Minato, I believe. Uh, it is a translated from Japanese, and it I think it's like a contemporary work of, it's like a thriller, right? It's a thriller set in a school, set in a middle school, where the, at the very beginning of the book, we find out that we're in the perspective of a middle school teacher. She is a single mom. And she is, uh, she is addressing an audience of her like seventh grade classroom or whatever. And her daughter was recently murdered on the school campus. Uh, but the thing is, is that no one thought it was a murder. But she's addressing her audience of these middle schoolers being like, my daughter was murdered. And one of you did it. Actually, two of you did it. So that's the premise of the story. Uh, her stu- some of her students murdered her child. And uh, the book is kind of following the the events that occurred leading up to it and also the situation of that, but also we get the perspectives of the people who did murder her child we get the perspectives of the other kids in the classroom we get the perspective obviously her we get the perspectives of other people in every other chapter it will in every new chapter um and because it's a thriller mystery crime novel we see as things unfold and our perspectives on people change and this is also really interesting. i mean hold on i need to i need to pee <laughs> mid-sentence
0: mid-sentence No, this. I think this is a great time for you to take a pee break, Sunny, in the middle of your sentence. Don't even, don't even finish the thought. Just get up, get up and go. This would be like if a pilot in the middle of a plane landing was like, "I think I'm just gonna get up and take a pee break real quick. You'll figure it out. This will be fine." I'm so upset that we lost the episode last night. It was so good, but. You, our dear listeners, uh, have no idea what I'm talking about. You haven't heard it and you never will hear it, but it was a really fun conversation. <laughs> and I'm sure that that really sucks to hear. But there will be more episodes. So, <gasps> and our episode for next week, y'all, y'all better stay listening because our episode for next week is so exciting. And hopefully, I'll tell you more when Sunny gets back. Also, let's take a note of professionalism. I have not taken a pee break this entire episode recording, so I think that's worth something. But that's also because Sunny drank, like, two giant mugs of tea within this episode alone,
1: so. That's true. I am addicted to tea. It's, and among other things, but... (laughs) Anyways, so the reason why I brought up the fact that it, it brings in these multiple perspectives about the same situation is that a book that I basically forced Renaissance to read <laughs> at one point, once yes. again, um, yeah. is is the book The Divines by Ellie Eaton, which is about uh, boarding school and girls and... Uh, yes stuff like that okay but anyways the reason why i brought this up is because next week on our podcast we actually will be interviewing the author well i'm so like... excited i'm yes. buzzing. yes I'm buzzing. Buzzing. Uh, i think she's british so we're gonna <laughs> um basically we are very excited to interview her and, and we've been talking about this book and it's been informing a lot of our perspectives and uh, inform and inform it, it And it informed our discussions last night on our podcast episode that was fucking deleted and now doesn't exist uh, in terms of how we talked about like parasocial relationships and also relationships and uh, with in general. Um, And the reason why I think that that is a through line within this book uh, is that the way that we get into the heads of all of these characters is so fucking fascinating because it's like every chapter you learn you you learn more about the 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 wholeness of the situation um even though you're presented with the same set of facts in the same situation it becomes altered merely by the perspectives that are offered which happens a lot within the divines so that's that's a book that i wanted to recommend to you and i know i've been recommending a lot of like thriller and crime novels and stuff uh especially like even last episode that you heard episode three um and it's because last time we we were discussing celibankovist which is a like crime uh thriller like tv show but i think that uh something renaissance doesn't like uh media about teenagers (laughs) so i forgot um, that
0: i didn't like it because i rarely ever there are two things that are about teenagers that i like And one is Stranger Things and the other one is Sex Education. And both of those are so removed from what teenagehood actually looks like that I forget that it's about teenagers and that's fine. But things that are based, like, about teenagers, I, I... do not like it but i think that's why that speaks so highly to the divines because i really really like that book and you it know it's
1: fun. about boarding school teenagers and their yeah shenanigans yeah i
0: think because it oscillates between her adult life and the boarding school is is what makes it yeah, work for and sure. it, it's being told from her adult perspective about the past and I think that's that's yeah. what makes it work yeah. for me and
1: in this book in confessions by kane minato um mm-hmm. we're not in the perspective we don't follow any teenagers at all they're all kids they're all like yeah, no, kids are 12. great. I love yeah.
0: kids. It's teenagers that I yes. I, yes, can't, yes, yes. I can't be our yes. to listen to. Right. Um, is that your main recommendation? Can I give
1: you mine? Yes, give me yours. But afterwards, I- I've been only recommending books. Uh, I was going to recommend. Oh wait, hold on. I have another book recommendation, and then I have a movie recommendation. But can t- but you but you give me yours. Okay.
0: So mine is a YouTube channel. This is throwing it back to our earlier conversation in this episode about YouTubers and for Harriet this YouTuber that I'm recommending is Evelyn from the Internet and have you watched her before
1: no don't know
0: who that she is she is a black creative and very pro black creative she's had a number of viral videos a couple years ago um, she her one of her videos was a reaction to Beyoncé's album Lemonade and and a clip from her YouTube video was used during Beyonce's Lemonade tour. Um, and she has made other really cool videos. It's less of a commentary, like she does some things, but really it's just pro-black creativity. And I just, every video that she makes is great. She used to make weekly videos, but now she's kind of stepped back from that creative process and more just like batches of videos. Um, so like she'll take a moment make like five videos and then release those over the course of five weeks and then take some time off and do other projects so the posting is a bit more irregular now than it has. has a lot of videos up that i think are worth going back and watching her things and it's, it's just good creative content she's from texas she um her parents are uh, african immigrants so i believe she's first generation in the united states and she does a lot of videos about the immigrant having African immigrant parents experience, but also like she grew up black in the United States. So she kind of has like double perspective of African culture, like from Africa and also black culture as it developed in the United States. Um, And you can really see that in the videos and some of the sketches that she produces I just think are very, it's fun, good, high quality content. That's fun to watch. She has a great personality. and I just think it's is more pro-Black creative content on top of For Harriet and the other channel, Ada On Demand. I think, like, that would be, like, a perfect try. Tris- like, if they ever did a collab with the three of them, that would be, like, my favorite Black YouTuber collab ever.
1: Yeah.
0: But, but cool. they, they all kind of, like, fall in that creative sphere. Like, I think if, if you like one of those three, you, like... Yeah. Those are valuable recommendations for the others.
1: Yeah, for sure. So the movie recommendation I want. Well, actually, no. Let me talk about the book. So this is another literary fiction novel about an adult woman. The and it it's not like the Divine. Wait, are you doing all. the book first or the movie first? Book, 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 book. Okay. It's more related really, because it's more related to the Divines in that it's the same genre of like literary fiction about a grown woman uh, and like also the reflections on their past. Mm -hmm. And that book is such a fun age by Kylie Reed. This book, the reason why I last, well actually earlier today, this was the book that I was thinking about recommending to you uh, when I was talking, when I was trying to think about different things to recommend to you that were different from what we recorded last night. And the reason why Mm -hmm. I thought of this book immediately was because I remember I think that the, the something that we both really enjoyed about the divines is how, how things unraveled and we kind of get, we get reveals of people's character, uh, and how they change and how they've changed based off of other people's perception throughout time. And that's kind of a theme throughout, you know, that, that podcast episode, uh, and this one, Um, and I think this book does a really good job of doing this, because basically the concept behind this book is such a funny, and also it deals with, like, being Black on the internet, dealing with the police state and stuff, but in this way, like, what we've been talking about today, but in this way that is so funny, it's so fucking funny, and it's nuanced, and it's crazy, okay, so this book is about a millennial black woman who is a nanny she's like a babysitter she's nanny and that's her job and she feels like she is not really getting anywhere in her adult life meanwhile all of her friends are like in law school and medical school have real jobs she feels like she's kind of behind that's kind of a theme throughout the story but basically at the very beginning of the story this little girl that she babysits uh i think this is in new york city i'm pretty sure yeah this little girl that she babysits is this white girl named, I think, Briar. Uh, this little white girl who's precious. She's adorable. And like, her parents are this, like, bubbling white man guy. And this woman named Alix. Um, and our main character... Oh, what's her name? I'm forgetting her name. Uh, Amira. So Amira mm-hmm. works for Alix, right? Alix hires Amira to be her nanny, to watch her child. And because of that, Amira and her child has, like, a very a fun little nanny kid relationship mm-hmm. well, the in the initial the what's the fucking word the in, the inciting incident of the story within the first chapter of the wow. book Wow, mm-hmm. that really took a moment for me um <laughs> the inciting incident of the book is that she, like Amira is out clubbing with her girls and she gets a call at like 11 on like a Saturday and Alix is like hey I'm so sorry something came up can you please take Briar to the grocery store for, like, a hot minute and, like, you know go to the grocery store near my house and like have her look at the nuts and like (laughs) look at the aisles and like you know basically occupy her for maybe like 30 minutes or an hour as Mm -hmm. me and my husband are trying to deal with this problem so Amira comes takes the girl takes her to the nearby grocery store by their house and it's like a very nice like bougie like affluent area (laughs) in the city and so it's like a fucking like rich ass grocery store and so she's standing in there she's wearing her like club outfit she's wearing like so she's like in her she's in her like clubbing fit and she's with Mm -hmm. a little girl and she's a black woman and this little girl is this like blonde white girl and basically something happens where the this like white lady in the store thinks that Amira like kidnaps the child and then the oh god yes and then the security store guy like this the security guy at the store like comes over and is like but there's this white guy who's like kind of watching all of this and he films it So he films this happening and Amira, who's not really on social media or anything, goes viral uh, because of her response to this lady being like, that's not your child. Why? What do you do? Who is that lady? You know, to Mm -hmm. the little girl. Um, And so basically that happens. And this changes everything for Amira. Uh, and this changes the nature of their whole relationship. So in every perspe- in every chapter of this book, we alternate perspectives between Amira and Alix. Uh, this book also, we talked about Little Fires Everywhere in our bonus episode. This book kind of reminds me of Little Fires Everywhere because Alix is kind of the Reese Witherspoon of the book. <laughs> Alix is a rich white lady who is, she thinks she's really well-meaning. She thinks she, she comes from like, wealth she's like she is and she's a girl boss okay she this book is during is set during like 2016 I think and Alix like is like working for like not Alix has a little girl boss CEO business about like letter writing or whatever some 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 gay ass shit like that and Alix basically Runs this company and she's like collabing with the Hillary Clinton team. Uh, And like, she is just so annoying in how, because, okay, in the the synopsis of this book, we see, I mean, what does the synopsis say? How does the synopsis say? Alix Chamberlain is a woman who gets what she wants and has made a living with her confidence-driven brand showing other women how to do the same. Girlboss, once again. So she is shocked when her babysitter, Amira Tucker, is confronted while watching the Chamberlain's toddler one night, walking the aisles of their local high-end supermarket. The store security guard seeing a young black woman out late with a white child accuses Amira of kidnapping two-year-old Briar. A small crowd gathers, a bystander films everything, and Amira is furious and humiliated. Alix resolves to make things right. But Amira herself is aimless, broke, and wary of Alix's desire to help. At 25, she's about to lose her health insurance and has no idea what to do with her life. When the video of Amira goes public and unearths someone from Alex's past, both women find themselves on a crash course that will upend everything they think they know about themselves and with each other. With sympathy and piercing social commentary, Such a Fun Age explores the stickiness of transactional relationships, what it means to make someone quote-unquote family, and the complicated reality of being a grown-up. It is a searing debut for our times. And this is another thing that's similar to The Divine's that this is a debut novel, and it's mm. so good. Like, I mean, I know there's, I, some of my friends aren't don't really like it, but I think it is, But like, one time, you know, our friends Yosef and Alma, yeah. one time I, I virtually sat them down via FaceTime and explained the entire plot of this book, cover to cover to them, in my own words, after I finished reading it, uh, and they were like what friend of yours has not been victim to this that's true that is true um basically they <laughs> after i finished explaining it they were like to that was very wild and that sounds like a really fun book and a really fun story and very crazy and insane and epic and awesome so i think that them thinking that is a good reason for you to to pick this book up oh i also okay. yeah the thing As is another
0: one of your black queer friends oh my gosh! Uh, yeah I will like, it. I mean, there's like not the I'm- one follow through between Yosef Alma and I. We're all black queers, so I hope you recognize
1: oh, you're all mixed friend. too. Isn't that so funny? I don't <laughs> think Alma is mixed. Um, yeah, she's Puerto Rican. Yeah, I think her mom is white though. It's like a white Puerto Rican. Oh, yeah.
0: Mama, I know we're best friends. I'm so sorry if I didn't say that. Mama's <laughs>
1: talking about these people as if any, any of these people know who anyway, okay, so <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, like our podcasts exist
0: within a universe of its own where yes. all of our friends know each it's other. It's the you know, Sunny
1: listening. Renaissance alternate universe. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah, anyways, this is this book I would recommend. Um and wait, I was gonna say something else, but I literally just forgot it. So Oh yeah, like queer themes in it so sorry but Uh, like the thing is is that it doesn't even need that element of it everything else about it is just so good it helps to be gay it's because it's a satire of heterosexuality like it kind of and, Mm -hmm. and it talks about like the nature of like interracial relationships and you know relationships between like relationships that like black women have with each other but also relationships that like black women have with like like white men in a romantic sense and then the reversal of that like it's very interesting and how it talks about like how it talks about fetishization on a friendship level and on a relationship level and how it can play out in different ways and how racism and anti-blackness uh it doesn't it embodies itself in different people in different ways that can oftentimes be not only tragic, but fucking hilarious because the white people are so fucking clueless as to what is actually going on. Uh, and, anyways, yeah, the the dual perspective, the insanity of it, and the way that the plot all carries out is something I think you would enjoy. Oh, oh, this is what I was going to say. I listened to this on audiobook partially because I was having a hard time struggling through the physical copy of it because it's so cringeworthy. It's one of those books that. It does the thing that I don't like about TV shows, which is makes you feel embarrassed, right? That's why I don't really like TV I shows. I think
0: that's, that's a you thing. I don't think TV makes people feel embarrassed. I think you just feel embarrassed while watching TV. Yeah.
1: This book gave me the same feelings of being fucking embarrassed for the characters and for what was going on. Uh, be- and so because of that, I couldn't listen to the audiobook at certain points. I had to just read it with my eyes. And I would like fling the book across the room at, every time Like <laughs> something really bad would happen. <laughs> And I'd be like, no, no, and just, like, screaming at the book, like, losing my fucking mind. So, yeah, anyway, there's there's that. Um, do you have another recommendation for me? N- no,
0: usually we go one for one, but you had some extras.
1: Oopsie. But they're good, because the other one I'm going to recommend to you <laughs> is a movie. So, finally, not a book this time. And this movie... I talk a little bit about um, in our bonus episode when I was talking about what I look for in media and what I prioritize um, and what I really enjoy. The movie mm-hmm. that I think you need to watch is Sorry to Bother You, directed by Boots Riley, 2018. Um, oh, you, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've talked to you about this. It, this yeah. movie is another like, wild satire on racial capitalism and mental health, specifically. Uh, and we're following this guy who's played by Lakeith Stanfield. (laughs) Sorry, I just had a very nasal moment over there. Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, (laughs) And Tessa Thompson is his love interest. I see. I
0: know that Tessa Thompson is in it, and I've seen pictures of her character. Her in it. Yes. Her in it.
1: Yeah. Yes. Basically, they're in a relationship, and they're living in someone's garage (laughs) at the beginning of the movie. And the character that Lakeith plays uh just trying to find a job and ends up getting this job at a telemarketing company and the tele the telemarketing company uh basically there. it's interesting because there's the conversation of like no you need to use your white voice while doing the calls and like selling the idea of whiteness to our customers and the way that that's presented is so interesting but then we see how our main character elevate like Escalates through the through the heights of this corporation. Meanwhile, his coworkers are trying to organize a union and a strike. Uh, and meanwhile, they're living in this semi dystopian near future world where yeah. a company that's almost similar to Amazon is basically like taken over and like is doing this very fucking dystopian, whack ass shit. Uh, and Army Hammer's in it too. He plays. He not plays himself.
0: Not- the murderer the cannibal
1: yeah literally But the thing is is the army hammer plays himself in sorry to bother you he literally plays himself in the rich white dick wad ceo dude uh he literally and anyway this book satirizes again it satirizes racial capitalism in a fascinating way and it takes so many twists and turns that it's so funny in the most bizarre ways like it'll it, like, punches you in the face how crazy everything is and how fast-paced it is. And I don't know. It's just one of my fa- – it's literally one of my favorite movies of all time. Up there with Birds of Prey. So. <laughs> yeah. They and we remind- all know how much you love Birds yes. of Prey. They kind of remind me of each other in how it delivers the messaging in a way that's, like, very fun and crazy. And, like, the bright colors and, like, the really dramatic interludes of, like, musical and theatric scenes, you know? Anyway, it's I- – I really enjoyed it. So,
0: Yes. I, that, that is a movie that I, I'm very interested to watch. And as you were describing it, I remember when the trailer came out for it. I just don't think I've, I ever took the time to actually watch it. Um, but I, I remember the buzz around this movie. Mm, yeah. So. Very interesting. So I think that is our episode. So I don't have any other recommendations off the top. Yeah. But how exciting for next week, because we are going to have Ellie Eaton on um yeah talk about the divines which i'm so excited about um and yeah this was it we talked about (laughs) annoying bisexuals we talked about lesbians existing and how lesbians are not inherently biphobic for existing uh yeah for existing we talked about great uh critical analysis of pop culture and commentary from the for Harriet youtube page and some other like adjacent youtube channels that we think Uh do really good work Uh, we talked about how public schools are a prison which i think just is correct that is a correct
1: statement yes um
0: and then we finally did some recommendations with sunny's recommendations
1: of such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. Sorry to Bother You, directed by Boots Riley. And The con- Confessions by Kane Minato.
0: And I recommended the YouTube channel Evelyn from the Internet. We hope you guys liked this podcast episode. So, I'm so sorry that you did not get to listen to the last episode from last night. Uh,
1: let's, but... let's, let's do a little recap of what we talked about last night. Last night we yeah. talked about Kayla. And that we kind did of talk about Kayler. Bled into some bisexual discourse from last. <laughs> that yeah, night. Uh, well, it's talk- like
0: it is our really, really close, intimate girl friendships. Yeah, still friendships, or are yeah. they inherently romantic? For
1: me? And that led us into the the, the media that we talked about, which was Gabby and Allison of the Just Between Us. <sighs> channel. No,
0: I think we're, we're eventually going to have to do round two on that video because I'm right. still not fully healed. It's
1: been fucking real Fucking reeling from that shit. Uh, insane. And then we did other recommendations. I think the recommendation, if I remember correctly, what you told me was to watch the Paris Hilton documentary on YouTube. Yes. And I told you to read uh, the another thriller about women killing evil men called They Never Learn by Lane uh, Lane Fargo. And that book is a book that I'm actually doing a YouTube live show with, with Books and Lala and Perks of Stuff, who are other booktubers. Um, and I also think I recommended To You Nama by Sarah Blake. Yes, uh, did. So yeah, that's a quick recap. Quick recap. There were great
0: quotes, great revelations, great ties the the ties between Kaylor gallison and the divines was really spectacular impeccable um and you know maybe maybe once we let these thoughts ruminate and marinate in our minds for a little bit we will go back to those topics to see if we have anything else to hash out but it just it would not have worked to have had that exact conversation lose the audience conversations it it just wouldn't have worked um so this is this week's episode. Hopefully, we'll go back to our regular Friday schedule if one of us is not near death or have any technological uh, complications like the past two weeks. Right. Um, so hopefully, we'll get back to that in our just regular, great, fiery, witty, the charm that you are from of Sunny Sunny Renaissance. Of
1: course. Um, if that, you have any comments oh, yeah. or questions or... You know, you want to talk to us, you can email us at the Podcast at gmail.com. We've gotten some emails from listeners in the past weeks, yeah. and it's been really, it's so wonderful. To it is to so guys. much fun. I, we love reading your emails. Um, you, we can also find me on Instagram at Sunny with a Camera, on YouTube at a Sunny Book Nook, and on Twitter at a Sunny Book Nook.
0: And you can find me on YouTube and Instagram at Renaissance Marie, and you can find me on Twitter at Renaissance, the first E is an X. And my display name is now finally just Renaissance Marie, so hopefully that will make it easier to find me instead of searching Renaissance titties. <laughs> <laughs> Renaissance me in the search bar. Renaissance yeah. titties. Renaissance uh, yes. titties. And then you just get a bunch of medieval corsets. Yeah. That's the the great thing about my name on like in public or on social media being Renaissance Marie is that if anyone tries to Google me, all they get is like bad Marie Antoinette. Halloween costumes <laughs> so I'm essentially anonymous unless you're like specifically looking for me
1: yeah for sure all right so that was it for today thanks so much for mm-hmm. tuning in subscribe share etc bye exactly.
0: bye